welcome to the Real Estate Raw Show, hosted by Joe Mendoza. Hi guys, Joe Mendoza here in sunny San Diego. Welcome to my show. Thanks so much for watching, subscribing, and sharing the good word. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have an exciting guest from the New York area, Mr. Frank Scapatici. All right, he's served in the military for the U.S. Army, a West Point grad, pretty darn amazing. He does virtual flips, wholesales. He's got 14 different marketplaces. He's the president of Grayline Investments. Welcome to the show, Frank. How are you? Thank you, Joe. I appreciate you having me on, and you nailed my last name. So awesome, <laughs> awesome work on my extremely complicated Italian a collection of consonants that it is. It's insane. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm glad I nailed it. <laughs> so Frank, for our audience who doesn't know you, let's take us back to maybe the military days before the real estate transition, et cetera, et cetera. Tell us about Frank. Yeah. So I'm a New York native. I grew up uh, in Bethpage for any golfers out there. It's next to a famous golf course on Long Island. And um you know, when I was 17, I was an athlete. I played football, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. You know, am I going to go to college and play? And um, West Point reached out to me. They're like, hey, are you interested in playing ball up here? I was a linebacker. And I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Like, I, I honestly, I don't think I knew what I was getting into. Like, I kind of went in a little blind, um, which is somewhat silly because it's a pretty big commitment. Um, but, you know, fast forward, you know, I did five years in the Army as an artillery officer. I got to live and a lot of really cool places. I got a really wide array of experiences. I've been all over the country, been deployed uh, to Afghanistan, Kuwait, um, learned a lot. And, uh, you know, my wife had a career in New York and when it was time for my, uh, my mandatory service was, it was five years. When that popped up, I was like, Hey, do I continue down this path and aim for retirement, become a general or whatever? Or um, do I go back to New York city and, you know, try to up, work with my wife, let her work more, and then also capture some financial upside, you know? So I decided to, uh, to get out, move back to New York, and um, I've been working in finance consulting um, for the last three and a half, four years. And uh, I got the real estate bug about two years ago uh, while I was working. And uh, this year I've really ramped it up and been more aggressive with it. That's awesome, Frank. Thanks for sharing the story. And I'd love to find out or share with the audience, how did you ramp up? Because 14 markets, that's no joke. You know, you're, you're going into different marketplaces. Some people have trouble just in one. So tell us about like how you started from there and started to expand. Who did you bring on your team? What kind of challenges you faced? Yeah. So it started actually when COVID began in late February. And I, I live next to the COVID epicenter when it first hit the United States, which is New Rochelle. That was like the first um, community outbreak was right here next to my house. So um, I stopped commuting to work like in February, like a long time ago, right? So it's been like the whole year I've been home. I got a bunch of time back, you know? So I started talking to some buddies, some other West Point buddies. And I was like, hey, do you guys wanna, we all own rentals at this point, but it was small fries stuff, nothing crazy, duplex, single family, whatever. And, um, we're like, hey, you guys want to be more aggressive and try to expand our portfolio and maybe pool some money together and toy around with it. And um, one of one of the guys, John Plumstead, who's my partner in this business, said, hey, let's use direct marketing uh, stuff that flippers and wholesalers use, like cold texting, cold calling, you know, 
pay-per-click advertising, whatever. Like, let's use some of that, spend some money and see how many houses we could find, right? That's, that's basically what he said. And we started with text messaging. Um, and I think we, we cold texted like 350 or 400 homeowners in two cities, Lawton, Oklahoma and Colleen, Texas, which is, uh, they're both military-based towns. We, we know those areas, right? And we got super lucky. Like we ended up getting out of that tiny list, like three or four contracts, like wow. under contract, which we, we don't hit that high of a batting average now, right? Like th- there was definitely an element of dumb luck with this. Um, but, you know, we closed a couple deals. We, we were wholesaling them at that point. So we were basically uh, getting them under contract, finding a buyer, and then charging that buyer a fee essentially for finding the deal, you know? Um, and then right after that, we said, okay, let's scale. Like now we could see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, this is fun. Like, let's try to build a business. So um, from that point forward, um, we joined some networking groups, um, some mentorship groups, 8020 group is one uh, that was really impactful for us, led by Dan Schwartz. And we uh, bought, paid for some virtual assistance, started adding, adding to our marketing funnel. And then we just started adding locations, you know, two or three per month. Um, and now we're in November and, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's become its own business at this point. Um, when it started, awesome. started truly as a side hustle. Like we had no idea what we were actually getting into um, eight months ago. Right place, right time, Frank. You know, that's yeah. how it goes sometimes. So yeah, tell us, tell the audience, what did your text say basically? Well, we, I feel like we had some advantage because we were targeting military bases, right? Because we know those markets have a lot of rentals and we wanted to target landlords as our, um, as our persona or seller that we were, t- you know, trying to buy houses from. And because we're all veterans, we would send texts like, Hey, former veteran, I used to live at Fort Sill, Lawton, Oklahoma. Cause we did, you know, I, I have lived there. I know the area, um, interested in buying houses. I'm an investor. Would you be open to having a conversation about purchasing your house at one, two, three main street? The text would essentially read like that. And, I think we would have a little bit of built-in rapport with that seller because our backgrounds were super aligned because most of the homeowners there are veterans. A lot of people just buy homes with VA loans then rent them out when they leave. That's, that's what they do. Um, so it would basically just say that. And, you know, maybe one or two out of 10 people respond back, say, hey, I'm open to having a conversation. And then we would just pick up the phones, you know, and start, start selling. You know, that was, that was it. Nice, nice. Now, did you do text on your phone? Did you use a service? What did you use? So at the beginning, we were just text, like doing it wrong. We were just texting from our cell phones, which, which is not a scalable operation. It's also like from a telemarketing perspective, like a little riskier, I guess, because uh, a million people have your phone numbers. But um, we started that way. And then once we closed three or four deals, we invested in Lead Sherpa, which is a texting service um, that allows you to essentially mass text. We use call rail to mask our numbers. Um, so now we do it how you're supposed to do it. But at the beginning, we were just on our regular cell phone. Very nice. Very nice. And then how did you do your due diligence to find out the values of these properties in different areas? So at the beginning, we were more conservative. When we would go to a market, particularly our first two, we would have agents show up to our walkthroughs. We would ask them for CMAs or comps or comparables. Um, as we were getting things under contract, it was very deliberate, right? So we would get multiple data points to say, okay, this home, if it's fixed up, it's worth $150,000. And we would feel really good about that. As we've scaled, 
Um, and we're getting more, we're getting, you know, 20 to 30 homes under contract per month now, right? Um, we, we don't have the time to do that. So we've invested in an application called PropStream um, and we've trained our acquisitions team, which is made up of two people and they're supported by a team of virtual assistants. They, we've taught them how to do comparables in there, right? Like there's, there's like a 10 step process we gave them. We made a video, we showed it to them. So now they are responsible for putting ARVs um, on all the properties in our CRM, which is monday.com. And then we'll check those ARVs you know, at the beginning of every week, just to make sure like the team is still within the parameters. We're still putting things under contract for values that make sense to us. But we, um, we no longer have agents do like the pre-comping stuff. We do all that stuff in-house. That's awesome, Frank. Now, how many people on your team right now? So we have two acquisition managers um, and they're supported by a team of three virtual assistants. Um, one of the virtual assistants is kind of a swing player. She does a lot of our marketing. Like she'll go online, post things to our website, our Instagram, social media, but she also manages the um, title. So when we have homes under contract and we have to send it to a title company, she'll manage them for us. So she wears two hats. She's awesome. Um, and we, we actually are in the market for a dispositions uh, person. We're trying to ha uh, hire a dispo person to sell deals to investors because we're trying to continuously lever up you know, and like get out of the day to day now that we actually have a business. Cause right now, John and I, we're still hustling quite a bit. And I think to take it to the next level, we have to figure out, okay, how do we continue to systematize, continue to delegate things, continue to pay people a good wage for work, right? That's also something great about owning a business is you get to pay people and hopefully you're you know, doing a good job managing them and they're happy and they're fulfilled in their work. Um, so we're looking for that. Uh, but all in all in our team, that's five people plus John and I. So seven. Very nice. Very nice. And then how much are you typically charging on your wholesale fee to the end user or flipper? Well, I mean, it's, it's what, whatever the market deems that property is worth. Right. So we, if we got a home under contract for a hundred thousand dollars and we listed at 110, right. And then our buyers say, Hey man, it's only worth one Oh five. We're only going to make one Oh five. Like you, that's why it's so important to get your comparables correct, right? To understand the value of the market you're in. Um, so, you know, we try to list it um, at a price that I would buy the home, right? That's how we look at our business. A lot of wholesalers, for lack of a better term, sell really skinny deals, you know? And we try to put things under contract where, you know, Frank, the real estate investor, John, the real estate investor, my partner, we would buy them, right? So that's how we kind of, put the math into um, our business and, you know, we get feedback from the, the buyers, but like I said, that's whatever the market pays. Very nice. Very nice. Now, do you have any crazy good or crazy bad stories that you could share with the audience? Like, wow, this was a home run or wow, this was a big learning lesson that you would love to share with the audience. Yeah. So we had um, the lesson in this deal I'm going to talk about is probably especially at the beginning, like stick to what you're good at and like focus on your core business. Cause what happened in this deal is we definitely got distracted by the shiny object, right? So we, we do single family houses. Every single good deal we've done is from a single family house transaction to this point, right? Um, so once at one point we reached out to a seller that had a home we were interested in and they're like, hey, in addition to this home, why don't you buy my entire real estate portfolio, right? Um, and it was like, eight or nine different properties. It was a mix of land and property. One of the properties was like mixed use. And 
like we, we were like the fee looked astronomical, like a whole year's worth of revenue in one deal, you know, potentially like how the margins could have looked. But I mean, we're just not good at selling those types of assets, right? Like some of those assets should have been sold by a commercial broker, you know, so, like we, we are not local. So the land value is like, we're just not as good at, at comping that out. And we churned so many calories trying to sell this thing. We ended up um, being able to get out of it without losing money, like losing the earnest money. So we didn't lose anything, but we, we wasted a hundred hours on it for sure in the month of uh, September. So I guess um, th that, that was something we thought was going to be like a month, like a, like a, business changing event. Like we were like, all oh, the revenue is going to be so big. It's going to change our business. And it didn't. Um, so the, the lesson there is stick to what you're good at, at least at the beginning until you get that nailed down properly. Very nice. Very nice. And today you're still doing text or mail or what kind of combination of marketing are you doing? Yeah, we're still doing text. We, um, we're, we still generate the majority of our leads from text, um, which a lot of people are getting away from it because, uh, like Verizon and some carriers are making it more difficult to get text delivered to the person you're trying to reach. They'll block the messages. But we figured out a way, I think, to get our delivery rate higher over the last two months. So we're going to continue doing it. Um, and we use, we're going to ramp up cold calling. We do cold calling now, but we're going to ramp it up because we've learned um, from a cost perspective, it's the most efficient lead gen tool we have in our business. Um, we also do ringless voicemail, which is, you know, like, you ever get answer your phone or you look at your phone and it says, Hey, someone called you, but you never heard it ring. It, that's, right. And they leave a voicemail, ringless voicemail. So we do that. Um, and uh, we do pay-per-click or Google ads and Facebook ads, but we've just recently started that. So I don't have a lot of data points to say how good I am at it or good we are at it, you know? Um, so that's somewhat, that's something new for our business. How about mailers? Are you doing mailers? We don't do mailers. I don't know if that's because our business model is, has us so dispersed and mail's kind of expensive or if we're too lazy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the answer is, but at the same time, I've, I feel like we're so young and like, we're still like, we're good at text and we're good at cold calling, but it's not like we've learned everything there is to learn, you know? So I'm trying to be careful of how much complexity we add to our business at this point in time, because we're still only we hired our first employee six months ago, you know? So it's, it's, we're still young. So we might do it down the road, but right now we're trying to just refine our process and continue to maximize what we are good at. Awesome, Frank. Now, as far as COVID's concerned, you're still finding some opportunities on flips and wholesales. Yeah, yeah, we're still finding, yeah, definitely. I think um, in our markets, I, I feel like it, COVID didn't have much of an impact at all, to be totally honest, because our, our perfect profile of a seller is an absentee landlord, right? In a military market. And like prices in these markets, they don't fluctuate like they do in Orlando or New York City or Los Angeles. Like New York's seen an exodus, like Manhattan apartments, the values are dropping, right? I know you're in California. I don't know your market obviously as well as you do, but I'm sure it's moving a little bit, right? Based off of what's going on. In our markets, a lot you have your military bases, which drive a lot of the employment and then some supplementary sources of income. And those things are not going anywhere, right? So like the markets are not like on fire, right? Like they are in other parts of the country. You're not gonna see crazy appreciation in some of our markets like Lawton either, but it's a rental market, right? Um, 
And that's not to say that some of our markets, there's not appreciation like Fayetteville, Clarksville, there is, but like those, those, th those things like make those markets more stable. So I don't feel like the change, there's not that much change there. You know, I feel like COVID was happening and things have not really changed at all, uh, to be totally honest. So I feel like we're somewhat insulated a little bit. That's great. That's great. So it's absentees and it sounds like starter homes, not the luxury high end. No, it's, we typically are dealing with home values, $250,000 and below. And I think that's, that's because the primary buyer in the markets we operate in is someone who owns rentals, right? And it's typically harder to cash flow on your 300 grand and above homes. You know, you live in California, you, you know the drill. I live in New York. If I rent my primary residence, it's not cash flowing, you know, if I have a mortgage on it, it's just the nature of the beast, right? So the buyer in our markets is saying, okay, I want to buy rentals. And if it's a flip, like maybe it's just, maybe I buy it for a hundred, it's worth 170 and I put 15, 20 grand into it. That's my flip. It's not this big, massive, gigantic margin value add deal. You know, it's just, that's not the product we deal with. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I don't even know if I answered your question properly. No, you did, you did. <laughs> we, we, that's typically in the, in the uh, home value area we operate in. Have you ever gotten stuck with a property where like you tried to wholesale, you tried to flip it and you're like, oh my God, I better bail. Yeah. Two deals come to mind. Um, one deal I got it. We acquired it actually with creative financing subject to, have you ever been familiar with the term? Essentially yeah. we took payments over for the owner, um, their mortgage, their PITI, their principal interest taxes insurance. We took over those payments but then we also took the deed of the property. So we own the home. They actually were renting it out, right? And they were cash flowing, but they just needed to, for whatever reason, they needed to separate from the home. So we took it. And then um, we, uh, we tried to lease option that home when the tenant moved out, which is like more another creative strategy. We're just throwing stuff in our toolkit, right? And we mispriced it, right? Like lease options are great. I think in my opinion, in our markets for homes like 150K and below, and this home is really worth closer to 200. So we're like, oh crap, like no one, look, there's a lot of people that want to buy this house, but there's not a lot of people that want a lease option or rent to own this house. At least that's what I found, right? So we have to hold it a little bit longer. Um, we're having agents work on it right now. I think we're going to be able to do a little bit of construction on it, a little bit of rehab. And then I think I'll be able to get it to um, a price in the MLS that will still profit a little bit, but the deal definitely didn't work out like we thought. And I think that's because we just miss... Um, we just didn't assess the lease option market that well in that particular city. I think that was a mistake we made. Um, another deal um, we got stuck with is we, the tenant, we put a home under contract. The tenant was supposed to move out like a week after the closing date. So we we're like, oh, perfect. Like we get to like, just go in, fix this house up, sell it. It's gonna be a good flip, no big deal. And the day before closing, the seller actually renewed the lease with the tenant and we didn't know. And like, it was for whatever reason, the title, no one caught it. Title company didn't catch it. We didn't catch it. So now we're trying to flip this house and we got this contract, this lease with this tenant that we're like, oh crap. And we had, we took out private money to pay for this house, like a loan, right? So like, and there was a one year balloon. So <laughs> I think what we're going to end up doing is potentially refinancing out because it's a rental. I can refi this home and essentially turn it into a burr and uh, pay off that lender and just hold it for a little bit until the tenant moves out. But I mean, we got stuck with that house, right? The, our options were to like fight with the owner and be like, yo, you, you did this under the rug on us. Like we didn't know that you did this. And obviously they didn't tell us for a reason. Like they, them and the tenant were in cahoots with each other, right? 
Um, so we got stuck, but I think we'll, I think because like you learn as you go and you have other exit options and deals, like you can kind of get out of these situations. So I think like the lesson there is like, don't, don't just be a one trick pony. If you do get jammed up, like know how to do a burn, know how to do a flip, know how to do a lease option, because if you get stuck, no, having multiple exit, um, exit options can help you, which I think is going to be the case for us. Very, very big tip, Frank. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, that's great. Um, you mentioned cold calling. Are you guys doing it here locally or do you have your VAs uh, overseas or elsewhere doing the cold calling? Yeah, we started doing it, but you know, over time, cold calling is tough, man. It's <laughs> especially in wholesaling. Whew, like, and it depends what city you're in. I've learned in the Midwest and the South, people are generally kind of nice, but the coastal cities, um, not that we've done a lot of business in New York and California, but we've tested the waters. It's tough. Um, you get a lot of angry sellers. So over time, like two months went by and we're like, okay, we're going to outsource this cold calling to virtual assistants in the Philippines. And um, it's been going really well. We ended up with three outstanding virtual assistants. I mean, I don't even think virtual assistants is the right term for them. Cause I think like that, that kind of gives them like a second class citizen status and we don't treat them like that at all. Like they're rock stars. Um, and they, they are doing it. And then once they qualify a lead or say, Hey, this person is interested in selling their house. They then, you know, ping our acquisition managers, Adam and Carlo, and they say, Hey guys, the seller's ready to talk. And then we take it over in the United States. Very nice. How many hours a day are they prospecting? They're supposed to do eight, 40 hours a week. Um, in terms of, you know, they could do 20. So if you're listening, you can hire virtual assistants through, vendors like Rivas or Rocket Station and all these different companies that supply them. You could bill of 20, but we just, once they did well, we're like, let's just put them up to 40 hours a week. You know, like let's hit all the, all the value we can out of these three awesome people. Um, so we use 40 hours a week for three people. Very nice. Very nice. Thanks for sharing. Now you have an academy online. What's kind of your goal here and your end goal? And maybe where do you want to go next with your business model? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, it's a lot like other people are doing masterminds. We're trying to share what we learned and help people grow. I mean, honestly, that's, that's the goal. Um, so, you know, we, we just started this about two and a half months ago. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that want to learn how to invest in real estate, right? <laughs> like there's a lot of people that need the mentorship. I remember when I was first getting started, I was scared to get my first deal. I had multiple deals come across my desk that actually were good, but I just didn't feel confident enough to, to pounce on it. Honestly, I had wholesalers like, hey, man, this is exactly what you wanted. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I could do this, right? Because I just lacked the awareness or confidence or that mentorship to just push me forward, right? Like, hey, man, like this is about action, right? So our goal is to bring people together in a mastermind type forum, connect them with other experts in the industry. We bring people on every week that know how to do creative financing. They know how to manage your taxes, like all that stuff. And we want to have small group accountability, Right. Like you're going to get coaching directly from John or I, you're also going to have people in the group that know what your goals are. And they're going to say, what did you do this week to get to your goals? Right. Like what, what do you, what did you do? Right. Um, because I think that is super powerful and you know, you might pay a couple hundred bucks for that. Right. But I think the value in small group accountability, having to put your goals on paper and getting educated is like the ROI on money I've spent in that space. I've gotten 10 X back easy. Very nice. Thanks for sharing, Frank. And I'm a big proponent of education, coaching, accountability as well. That's a good, good thing for anybody starting out. Now, yeah. Um, 
as far as like how um, you plan to build it in the future, do you plan to get into the buy and hold strategy or syndication? Where's kind of this other side of the business going? Yeah, so I think we are going to ramp up our, uh, we call it asset center management part of our business. I, we've been buying more and more homes like steadily, like in the beginning, first two months we bought like one or two. Then last month we bought three. You know, this month we already got a couple under contract. Our goal is to, with any house we buy right now, we basically have two options. We're going to try to win on price and just arbitrage price. We come in, we buy something for 120K and it's worth 200K fixed up, put a little bit of work on it and sell it quickly. We try to move fast because um, our flips, we, we know that the $80,000 flip or the $60,000 flip being virtual, we're just not going to be the best at that type of transaction. There's a contractor that lives in that city that is going to outperform us on that. We can wholesale those deals to that person, right? And we all win, you know? But if something we look at and we show up to the walkthrough, we usually have agents go on our behalf. We'll say, hey, if it needs under 10 grand worth of work, Grayline can just buy it. Our company will just purchase it because that's kind of our sweet spot, right? Like something we win on price, it doesn't need a lot of work and we can you know, give that deal to that agent and they just sell it on the MLS. That's it. Very, very simple. Um, well, it's easier said than done. Winning on price is not easy in real estate. That's where all the marketing comes in. Um, so that's one thing we do. And then- when we get a home that um, we think can be a good lease option um, home, we'll do that sometimes. And to me, that's like the home is worth a hundred. It rents for $1,100 a month or hundred K rents for $1,100 a month. doesn't need a ton of work. Um, and it appeals to that type of buyer that maybe doesn't have financing, right? But they want to still own a home in the next two years. That's, that's the lease option buyer. We do that sometimes as well. Very nice. Thanks, Frank. Now, somebody's on the fence. They're a newbie listening to the show. You know, they're lacking the confidence. They're lacking the skill. What last piece of advice would you share with that person who's on the fence, who's been watching all kinds of different YouTube or podcasts, and they haven't done anything yet? What would be your best advice? I would say um, paralysis analysis in real estate is probably um, the number one thing, I think, stopping people. There's probably thousands of people in the country that have analyzed a hundred deals in Excel and still are, have not you know, been close to the closing table, which was me two years ago. Um, and there's a quote that someone said that I heard in a podcast. I can't give them credit because I can't remember their name, but they said, um, they said uh, perfectionism is just the same thing as procrastination. It's just like worded different, right? <laughs> so like, don't try to make your deal perfect. But like my first deal, it's just okay. You know, like if I, two years later, now that I have these deals coming across my desk, would I do it again? Maybe at a slightly lower price, right? But I didn't lose any money. Like I'm, I'm making a little bit, right? Like if your fundamentals are good, right? And, and you feel like, hey, I'm, I'm going to do this. Like I'm really going to attack this in the next two years. Don't be gun shy, right? Not every deal is a home run. Sometimes you have to hit a single. Sometimes you hit a double, right? But eventually those home runs will come. But it's hard to hit on runs when you've never had a hit before, because then the people that want to sell you deals and find you deals are not taking you seriously. Right. Um, like wholesalers like me, like if, if you've done 10 deals with me, I'm going to slide my really good deals to you. I'm like, Hey, I know he's going to buy, he's good to go. So I guess it's don't, uh, just don't kill yourself, man. <laughs> like it's not that complicated. You get a good deal. Don't be afraid to, to pounce on it. Wow. Frank, that was incredible. You shared so much. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Anything else you're promoting today? 
Yeah, I mean, we are at uh, graylineinvestments.com. We have an Instagram page, Grayline Investments, uh, Facebook as well, G-R-A-Y. Um, if, you're, if you need to know the spelling of gray, sometimes it's a little ambiguous and people get it wrong. Also on graylineinvestments.com, all of our listings are there. So you can see all the homes we currently have in the market. In addition to that, all the homes we sold. We actually have pictures of all the properties as well. So we try to eliminate as much ambiguity to our buyers as possible. Uh, so please check that out. Um, uh, my Instagram is Frank Scap. If you want to go to me directly, at Frank Scap, F-R-A-N-K-S-C-A-P. Um, but yeah, that's it. You are the man, Frank. I totally appreciate your generosity. You were super transparent. You shared a lot of golden nuggets to the audience. So thank you so much. I appreciate it, Joe. Wow. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I hope you learned as much as I did or more. So guys, look at the comment thread. If you've seen something or heard something, want to learn more about something, please put it on the comment link below. If you're not a subscriber yet, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Go ahead and smash that bell to hear the latest and greatest on the show. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. I'm putting this channel together to hopefully add incredible value to you. And if you want to learn more about investing, you're new to investing, I highly recommend this book, Flex with a Plex. Also, this book, if you're having some challenges, as you can see, everybody on the show had some kind of adversity, including yours truly. So I shared a lot of that on make it a comeback, giving you some incredible tips to make a comeback. So get either one, flex with a plex, or make it a comeback. If you wanna get more tips, go ahead and go to joemendoza.com. Again, subscribe, share, like, make a comment below. I really, really appreciate you, wanna add incredible value, and wish you all the best in your success in real estate and in life. Take care. Our company is not responsible for the success or failure of your business decisions relating to any information presented by our company or our company programs, products, and or services.